as you get bigger, the owner of the company, it becomes more and more difficult for him to manage the finances, run leads, sell jobs, be a production manager, do the maintenance and, and, and make sure the maintenance is being done on the vehicles and handle all of the supply chains and, and, and all the customer service because there's more work coming in. He can't handle all that. They think that they can, they try, you know, really hard, but EOS gives you, gives that owner the platform to start putting other people in control, but they never lose the final say. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And today I have one of my favorite people in the home improvement business. His name is Brad Bettner. He is with Herbert Roofing. We're going to do something a little different today. Brad is the integrator. For those of you familiar with EOS that we've talked about here so many times, the entrepreneurial operating system, the integrator is the critical relationship with the visionary or the owner. And every great visionary has a great integrator. And we are going to hear from an amazing integrator today. Brad, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Thanks, Brian. So tell everybody a little bit, give, give us like the 60 second version or the two minute version of your story. How did you get into the roofing business? How did you get to Herbert Roofing? Well, I, I got into the business, I guess, forcefully, but kind of funny. I grew up with a kid in my hometown in Illinois. His dad owned a very small roofing company. And he asked me a summer between seventh and eighth grade, what are you going to do this summer? I told him nothing. And he said, good, come to work. And it, it was during the time when he, they could say, I'm paying you this much. If you don't like it too bad, go to work. And I just started on the ground, cleaning up, carrying stuff, doing whatever he told me to do and was crazy enough to like it, I guess, crazy enough to stick with it. And every, just about every summer, up to graduation from high school, I worked with this, this one company. And then after graduation, started with him full time and went from being a crew laborer to a foreman, which was kind of crazy because I was 18 and the five other guys on the crew were well past 30. And I was put in place as their foreman. So there was, there was a lot of a lot of struggle and growth. And, but this guy was really good at teaching me how to talk to people, how to treat customers, how to put a roof on. He was a general contractor. So we did bathrooms and we did siding and windows. He, there was just a lot of stuff. After high school, I worked full-time in roofing for a couple of different companies in my hometown and eventually made it to 
Wisconsin in college where I met my wife and went back to roofing. So I was going to school full time and people find out that you know how to do something. They start asking you for little projects. So I, this halfway through my first semester, I was driving home to get all my tools to take them back to Wisconsin. And for about four years did what I guess you'd call a small little roofing company. It was me and a couple of guys. When we decided to be done with school and move to Michigan, which is where my wife is from, I decided to continue roofing. And during the process of getting my builder's license, I met the owners of Herbert Roofing who were buying the company from the one guy from Jason's dad and now needed to get their own license. So we're in class together and getting to know each other a little bit. I wanted to get my pole barn that we had just purchased insulated. And when I asked Jake, Jason's business partner, if he could insulate my pole barn, he said, sure thing. And also come to work for me. And I laughed at him because I wasn't going to go work for anybody. And there about two weeks later, kind of realized things were getting kind of tight money wise. You can't work in Michigan legally without a builder's license. So I wasn't doing a whole lot of work and needed something to do. So I called him back and he said the job was still good. I started and that was 12 years ago. Yeah. So just uh, never left. Yeah. Now things have changed. So let's talk about, so let's define just for people that aren't familiar, let's define from your experience, define EOS. And then again, in your words, what's a visionary and what's an integrator? Yeah. So EOS is an operating system for the business. It's not an operating system for any one individual person within the business. It's for the entire business itself. And we found that we had an operating system, but it was just what was happening. There was the only tracking being done was by, you know, Jason as the owner, everybody else just kind of did their job. And Jason wanted to grow and the struggle to grow, you know, past a certain dollar amount. You know, I've heard you say before, you know, that one to three million and then to get from above 3 million and then to get above 8 million, each one of those ceilings takes a little bit, some tweaking, some changes. And Jason really had a desire to, to grow bigger as a company than as what he was. And EOS for us gave us the, the platform, the resources and the accountability to realize that we couldn't be the same thing as we were as a, as a two and $3 million company and, and, and make the changes without. If I can throw in I structure and accountability. Right. Right. So one of the, one of the biggest struggles that, that I think growth has is trying to get past how everybody had been doing stuff in the past. And as you get bigger, the owner of the company it becomes more and more difficult for him to manage the finances, run leads, sell jobs, be a production manager, do the maintenance and, and, and make sure the maintenance is being done on the vehicles and handle all of the supply 
chains and, and, and all the customer service because there's more work coming in. He can't handle all that. They think that they can, they try, you know, really hard, but EOS gives you, gives that owner the platform to start putting other people in control, but they never lose the final say because the, the level 10 weekly meetings, the visionary is there. So every week they can get that pulse of what's going on, you know, in the business that, that typically they built, you know, it wouldn't be there if it hadn't been for the, the blood, sweat, tears, and long hours that they had initially put in. Yeah. But eventually they get in the way, don't they? They do. They do. And, and I don't, and I, I don't, I think sometimes they, they, they try to get in the way because their, their mind tells them, you know, you, you have to take control of this because you've been the one to figure it out all these times in the past. And other times it's just that entrepreneurial click that's in their head. They, they don't know they're in the way. And as an integrator, you have to be able to go to your visionary, like you said, typically the owner, you have to be able to go to him and say, or her and say, I got this back off. Never really in those exact words, but a good integrator is going to know how to talk to their visionary. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting relationship. So for me, as a, as a visionary, I'm all over the place, right? I'm not detail-oriented. Anytime I have to do anything detail-oriented, which I'm working on right now, as we speak, I have a project that I am working on, and it's all detail, and it's I just want to bang my head against the wall. Right. But you, you love details. I do. You're amazing at details. And that is the sign, that's one of the signs of how you know you have a great integrator. So let's talk about kind of life a little bit before EOS, and let's talk about life now after EOS. And by the way, just for the listener, the reason I'm framing it as EOS is because that's the system they're using, that's the system we use. What he's going to respond to now is, is just general information, whether you have EOS or you have your own thing, this is going to be very instructive for how you grow and scale your business responsibly and with accountability in place so that you don't, it doesn't go sideways on you. So before and after. Well, that's an interesting question, Brian, because I've, I've often wondered if, if other companies that are farther along in their EOS journey than what we are, how many of them would, would look back and say, this has worked out so well, I wish we had done it sooner for Most whatever reason, for whatever reason it, they held back, you know, but for us before EOS, we were getting work done. Our customers were satisfied. Our crews were, were working. They were equipped with, with trucks and tools and equipment. Our salesmen had leads to run. And everything outside the walls of the, of the building where the business was, everything to the general public, to our families at home, appeared and came across as being fine. Our meetings, however, 
were one of the, the number one issues that always kind of stuck with me because we spend a lot of time talking about things and very, very little time actually implementing a change or doing something that had come from the discussion of the meeting. And, and, I, and I hope that there's other companies out that can relate to this where you walk into a meeting, it's supposed to be an hour long, you come out three hours later, and all you've decided to do is wait till the next meeting to keep talking about the things that you talked about. And if I can, here's the ironic thing about that whole thing. There's crazy frustration that comes out of that meeting. One, from the, the visionary hates meetings. So right. it's like, crap, you've got me in another meeting. And they're pissed and they don't want to be there and they derail meetings and they're late and they're this and they're that. Right. Correct. The integrator in those meetings is just trying to get shit done, yes. solved, finished and move on to the next thing. Give me, the it, next, give me the next list. Exactly. And yes. it's that constant struggle because there's no framework in place. Again, okay. you don't have to use EOS. You know, neither one of us makes any money if you use EOS. You'll make more money if you did. But it's just having a framework that helps to guide the business. Right. So that was, okay, so it was meetings. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there, meetings. No, that's okay. So so the meetings were were something pre-EOS that that just, they, they were never functioning at the level that they should. And then now we get into you know, the owner's aspiration and desire to grow, well, handling more work and more customers, me typically for most businesses, at least it did for ours, meant more, more people in the office. You know, yes, you need more crews out on the production side. If you're going to sell more work than you did the year before, you need to be able to, to get the work done. But Having only spent most of my time here at Herbert, I, I don't want to make any assumptions, but my guess is that a lot of the one, two, maybe $3 million a year companies in the home improvement business, they don't have a, a operations manager and a production manager and a sales manager and a warehouse supervisor and a, a finance and office administration person in the call center and an accountant, typically those are handled by the husband and wife or the husband or, or, or you know, one guy and, and his best friend. And they, they just kind of touch all the little pieces as they go through their day. Well, that works for a smaller company. As we were getting bigger every year, we noticed that we were putting more work on people's plates. And at that point, stuff started to be less effective. You, you, you typically notice it in your customer satisfaction and you tip, or you'll notice it with your production crews, your employees or your subcontractors begin to have problems. Well, there's just not enough people to handle all of the day to day. So we were growing it appeared to be very successful. It was, it was successful as far as getting the work sold and getting it done. But just the management side of it all. We had some chaotic meetings and we were overworking and putting too much on the people's plates that were already here. 
And now moving into EOS, our journey with EOS began last November, December. Hold on. Let me just ask you one thing. Yeah. So before EOS, was there, so we know that, okay, in order to hit a certain number, we need a certain number of leads per week. We need a certain number of sales per week. Were, was there any accountability to anybody for those numbers? Was there discussions every week about the numbers? So the one thing that Jason, not the one thing, one of the things that Jason has, has always done very well is the sales side of it. Uh, I'm production-minded, process-minded, and he is growth-minded and sales. He, he, he's very good at in, in the sales department. So yes, those, those numbers were being tracked and, and spoken about. Where we lacked was an explanation of why to the sales team. It was more, we have to get to this point in order to reach this end no, desired number. And when you fail to explain the why to someone that you're, you're, you've hired to do something, then they typically miss the mark because they, don't, they wanna know what's in it for them and they don't know, they think that the company's running off with all this money and they don't understand how they can fit into it. So the, the tracking was always there it, it just wasn't cascaded out to everyone understanding what, what direction the company was, was moving into. Were those, were those numbers set to specific targets by, you know, by quarter or by, by year? More, more by year. Okay. You know, historically more, more by year. Over the last three or four years, the, the, the idea of a budget for the company became a bigger player within every season. You know, Jason's dad ran, a, ran a, a very small, effective company, less to keep track of. And Jason recognized that the bigger you get, the more you have to keep track of or things get out of control. Right. So the, the budget has become a, it plays a huge part in how we do and how EOS is done in our company because all of our goals come from, our budget comes from those goals. But it began to play more of an important role in the day-to-day, -day, in, the, in the season to season within the last few years. Let's pause here for a quick break. In today's world, getting a five-star review on Google from every single one of your customers is critical. This is something that G4 Marketing Group helps hundreds of home improvement and home services companies with every day. So we put together a free five-star customer experience checklist to help you ensure every one of your customers are getting an experience that will turn them into raving fans. You can get your copy of the customer experience checklist today. Just go to g4marketing.com forward slash C-E-X. The checklist will walk you through 30 points in your customer journey that you can improve today. That way, you'll be able to turn today's customers into tomorrow's leads, sales, and profits. Just go to g4marketing.com forward slash C-E-X. That's G-F-O-U-R marketing.com forward slash C-E-X to get your copy of the checklist today. Then, when you're ready to automate your relationship marketing so that your customers grow your business for you, just give G4 Marketing a call at 305-856-8788. 
and we'll give you a free demo to show you how your future business profits are hiding in today's customers. Now let's get back to the episode. You started EOS, you said November? November, December. January was the beginning of our quarter for this year. For this year. Okay, so you guys, yeah, this is new. So tell us what's what's happened. <laughs> so, I mean, just to back up a little bit, I was ready for EOS, let's say three, probably more like four years ago. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I under, I just see it. It just seemed to click in my head. I understood it. I, I read the books. I, I, I talked about it. I could see the need for it in the business. And I can tell you that was all fine. And, you know, there's no hard feelings that we didn't move into EOS at that time. But looking at it now, I can tell you that the owner who typically turns visionary has to, has to want it. It can't, it's not something that can be forced on to the owner by somebody else. Because if you, if you don't have that, that complete buy-in to the, the system, you're, you're just, you've just created a new power struggle and in a new battle that you have to, you know, go through on a day-to-day basis. So it, it was almost kind of funny just because Jason knows that I was talking EOS for so long when I came in to work one day and he goes, I think we're going to do EOS. Well, that's the visionary, like the, the squirrel chasing and the a thousand ideas, you know, every day. And, and I said, great, let's do it. Didn't, didn't even have to hesitate. And as we got into it, he began to see two things, how well it was going to work his business and how difficult it was going to be for him to allow it to work his business. Yeah. It's a good point. And <laughs> thankfully, he has embraced EOS, which has allowed the other players in our company, our operations manager, our finance, all the different levels of, of our leadership team to also embrace it. And it, our meetings are better. Yeah. We have a structure to follow. Let, let me make a couple of comments here. So as he's telling the story, this is really interesting because I because I've been kind of behind the scenes, I guess, if you will, a little bit with both of these guys, with Brad and with with Jason. And so what's funny is that Jason had this guy like there chomping at the bit, ready to go. And and really, one of the ways, I guess, to look at an integrator is your number two. So what Brad is to Jason is like what Roy was to Walt, right? Walt was the dreamer. Walt was the one that said, okay, we're going to do all this. And he was all over the place with everything. But if Walt was left on his own, they would have gone bankrupt again. They would not have been Disney. Roy was the one that actually organized everything. Roy was the one that dealt with the banks, right? And so that's kind of the relationship. So when you say, okay, we're going to bring EOS into the business, what you're really saying as the owner is, I'm going to put in place a really strong number two. 
That's one of the main things that you are doing as an owner is you're saying, I'm going to bring in a really strong number two. That's going to take care of all the crap that I don't want to deal with anymore, that I can't deal with anymore. And so then on the other side of it, for the visionary, it's really all about this idea of freedom. You know, let the visionary go and play. Let them be in their heads. Let them think about, okay, well, what's next? You know, how can we do something better? How do we make sure we're making money? You know, that that sort of thing. And what was really interesting was that after this happened, and for you guys, it happened really quick because it was already there. It was like ready. You had the integrator. You had the visionary. You already had a good foundation of a business in place. And I think, I don't know if the first call was from you or was from Jason. I think it was from Jason. Jason texts me and he goes, hey, I wish I had pulled it up. It was something like, what am I going to do now? (laughs) It was kind of like, okay, well, you know, now the visionary doesn't have much to do. Now it's like, okay, well, just go in your office and and think, right? Go play. Go do whatever the hell you want to do. Leave me here, the integrator. Leave me here. Let me run this thing. Okay. And, and then, you know, and then again, for somebody like Brad, who is so process oriented, so results driven. So it's like, you know, and has got an amazing instinct too, for what's right and what's wrong for the business. It's like, oh, finally, now I can do what I was built to do. And so anyway, those are my couple comments about, about that. Talk a little bit about how has accountability in the scorecard? So part of EOS is every week you have a 90 minute meeting. That's it, 90 minutes. And you go through the scorecard, you go through the rocks that have been predetermined of these are the things we're going to get done. We ask the question, are we on track or are we off track? If we're off track, we create an issues list, we discuss it, we create a, a solution, we create a to-do list, and then we talk about it again the following week. How is that has the accountability part of that helped the business? Yes, absolutely. Be- because the the visionary is the person that sets and determines the scorecard at the leadership level. Because your statement about you know what does the visionary do after they you know quote unquote give up control of the day to day to an integrator is a is a real life valid you know potential struggle with within the visionary's head eos kind of helps accommodate for all that it, it does still give them things to do one of which is early on he gets to determine what the scorecard for the leadership team is what do you want to know if you're gone for a whole week and you come back on the meeting date what do you want to know to ensure that while you were gone, everything did or didn't run smooth. And every individual team, operations, finance, sales and marketing, well, however your your company is, is broken up, the parts of the scorecard are divided up. That person is accountable to present the data by a certain time, by meeting time every week, and uh, if they're off track, we just make it an issue and we talk about it. Sometimes we can, uh, we can resolve it. 
sometimes we automatically know why it's off track. If we're, if we're tracking a monthly goal in a dollar amount, but we're only in the first week, it's off and it's off track. We understand why, but accountability is tough because we don't like to be held accountable. None of us really do, but the agenda of the meeting and the process and the operations of EOS kind of relax the environment. And nobody's coming down on anybody because we found out something wasn't on track. Typically, we would find out it wasn't on track months after we should have found out. Typical, right. And that's and, a good point. Yeah. So pre-EOS or, or, or for us, we would typically find out something well after we should have known. And when you're, when you're operating your business, it's nice to be able to turn one dial up and one dial down and, and kind of have that quick control more week to week, month to month at the production level, sometimes day to day with your foreman. But if you're not having good meetings and your department leaders don't know what they're supposed to be looking at to keep track of, then you find out about something too late, it can be hard to correct from that. So we go in every week, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. for an hour and a half, and we follow the EOS agenda, and anything that is off track gets made an issue. And at the end of the meeting, the majority of the time is spent going through what is the issue? How do we resolve it? And if we can't resolve it or don't need to resolve it, we put it on the long-term issues list or we pause it and it just stays there until, until the next week and we pick it up with that, with that issue. So one of, the, one of the cool things that you said was, and this is so true, is that when you, if you don't have some sort of structure in place, some sort of framework in place to realize hey, wait a minute, we're off track like now. It becomes months later, or even in a lot of cases at the end of the year. Right. And like, now it's too late. Now you can't do anything about it. I mean, look, this is when I had my home improvement come, I wish we had something like EOS. We knew, okay, here's kind of, here's what, what, if we bring this many leads, we're going to get this many sales and it's going to drive this and blah, blah, blah. But nobody was accountable to anything. Right. And if we didn't have, like, we didn't know if we were going to have a bad month until a lot of times we knew it was happening. We didn't know what to do about it. Right. Right. Because we weren't talking about it. So we'd end up with a bad month. The bad month might even then turn into a bad quarter. The bad quarter then might turn into a bad year. And it's like, well, wait a minute. We had all these meetings. We talked about all this stuff, but we never did anything about it. What's really great about the system is, look, if we're off track on leads, let's say this week, let's talk about it. Is it an issue? Is it not an issue? Maybe this week it's not. We know, okay, we're all right because we're going to have more next week. Well, if next week is off, well, that's going to impact now we're talking about an impact to our quarter and that's not, that's not cool. We don't, we can't allow that to happen. So what do we have to do to correct this? And to me, that's like one of the most powerful things about, about having a system like this, you know, we happen to use EOS, but having a system like this. 
Well, and, and Brian, EOS doesn't say anywhere within it that the visionary or the owner of the company still can't do. That's right. Yeah. Which I think is, is a big misconception. Yeah. You know, being at Accelerate and, and, and meeting other business owners that just off immediately reminded me of, of Jason and, 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 and talking to, you know, other business owners that were kind of in the same, you know, market scenario that we're in and the, the same kind of revenue that we're in. One of the big misconceptions is that it takes control away. And Jason still has all the control. In, in the end, he's the owner. He has the, the final say. And, and I don't, maybe this is just what I was experiencing before we implemented EOS, but you, you, we would go in and find out something that was wrong. We can continue down that road. If we find out we're, we're short on our leads and our salesmen aren't getting a full, you know, day, everybody isn't getting a full day worth of, worth of leads. Well, who is accountable or responsible to do anything about that? Right. Even if we had a sales manager, the owner was still overseeing it all. And if you tie somebody's hands or have two people trying to be accountable for something, then in the end, nobody's accountable for it. There's a lot of excuses that can be built up and used in, in those scenarios. So Jason now is well aware if our lead count is down, but the sales manager is responsible to answer for it and make the, the necessary changes. But at the same time, he's not left alone to do it because decisions are made within our leadership meeting every yeah. week, Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Right. So, they have support. Each correct. person on the, an idea. So we're three years into it and I'm, I'm amazed. Like they figure the stuff out. The leadership team now is figuring stuff out on their own. Oh, without, yeah. Our, without our getting me and Addy involved. Our operations manager right now, she's she's loving EOS and she's doing a phenomenal job. Yep. She'll come with her issues and have solutions for them yep. and has the freedom to express herself in the meetings. The the the, the chains of of you know fear have been have been taken away, mainly because everyone knows that Jason is bought into EOS. Yeah. And, and so that was very important. Our finance and administrative lady does a phenomenal job and uses the EOS tools every day. And she just brings her issues to the meeting. Yeah. And we talk, we talk about them. Yeah. And solve them. And, and get them. And I like what you said. No one's afraid. Right. No one's afraid. No one's afraid to come and say, well, the only time you would be afraid is if you're third week in a row and you haven't you know, you haven't carried your weight and you, and every, you know, you've, you're, whatever you're responsible for has been off track, but that rarely, at least with us, it rarely happens that way because they're working together. All of us are working together to figure out, okay, we got an issue. We got to go, go take care of it. So what would you say to owners that are, and again, we're not, this is not meant to be a commercial for EOS, although it sounds like it, but it's just a system that I believe in, Brad believes in, and a bunch of my other clients believe in too. But 
the the ideas behind it, the principles behind it of accountability, of, of creating a leadership team, of having productive meetings and letting the team solve problems. What did, what did, from your perspective, what did Jason have to get over? And for those owners out there, when he talks about Jason, he's talking about you and me. Okay. So what did Jason have to, like, what did he have to get over in his head to be able to say, okay, it's time we need to implement something like this? Well, I guess I've never really specifically asked him that question. No, from your perspective, from your perspective, from, from my perspective, I think it, I think it was more, he wanted to do more of something, whether it was more roofing or more, more anything, more real estate, a different venture in a totally different, you know, business space, what, whatever it was, because entrepreneurs don't stop. They just get older and keep doing what they were doing before. They, they just do more. They, they never pick a point in time where they say, okay, I'm, I'm done, you know, coming up with ideas. They're, they're yeah. constantly coming up with ideas. Which is, by the way, why I have this flipping project that I'm banging my head against the wall is because, oh, G4 doesn't need me anymore. Oh, let me go create something else. Well, anyway, sorry, I, go on. I think that's what it was, though. It, it, I, I feel that there, I feel he has a desire to do more of something. And if, if, he, if he's bogged down with the day-to-day of Herbert Roofing, I mean, that's his last name. I mean, that there's... The roots don't run any deeper. Yeah. But if he's bogged down in the day to day, my my guess is my my thinking is he he's gonna feel like he missed out on something that he sh- he for sure could have done, or maybe felt fulfilled in where he had taken the company, knew it was it was gonna be better. Now let's go get fulfilled doing something else. But if you're bogged down in the day to day, you you can't step away. And I think you, I think as an owner, they can convince themselves and it's not wrong. They just convince themselves that, well, this place needs me. And that's why I kind of started off saying that the relationship to your number two, take EOS out of it, the relationship to your number two and your number three and your number four, as you go down the line, it needs to be a strong relationship. There's very little that we don't talk about. And trust me, not every day is beautiful and roses. Yeah. But I can tell you this, we can have what would appear to be a pretty huge disagreement and then go to lunch together that day. Yeah. And that's the relationship that's important. When you can walk away in, in, in anger and then, hey, you want to go to lunch? Yeah, let's go. That's the, that's the relationship that you should be looking for. And man, I still call Jason if I'm going to borrow a trailer on Saturday. I don't do it because I feel I need to. I do it out of respect for him. And that's the relationship that you're looking for. Yeah. And, and I'm not bragging about how, how good I am. I'm bragging about how good he and I are. Yeah. And don't be quick to bring somebody in just to think that you don't, so you don't have to do anything anymore because most of the time you, I would have to believe that most companies that are doing other, other things well 
already have that person working for them. And it, it's just a matter of cultivating and that relationship and moving them up. Yeah. What are, what are two or three things that a visionary should be looking for in a really good integrator? Well, I think being able to understand the importance of, of having processes because visionaries want to talk about process, but they don't want to write them. And ironically enough, don't want to follow them most of the time anyway. Very true. Uh, <laughs> but they, but they understand the need for it to be in their business. And I, I feel a good, a good integrator, a good number two is able to, let's say, see a need, fill a need. Okay, this is a bottleneck in our business. Well, I can write three steps for that and clear that up and, and, and cascade it down to everyone involved and we'll run it for a month and let's, let's see how it goes. And then, oh, there's something else over here. Let's, let's, do, let's do it this way now. And so being, being able to see and how to, how to understand how to write processes for, for the business, why do things the same way just because we always have is, is a question I, I ask most of the time in my head, but I ask it quite a bit. Is there a better way to do this? Is there a way to get bigger at this? How can I, how can I bring the growth on faster, but at the same time, not weight everybody down and what process needs to happen for that? I think another thing is, is just somebody who understands the core values of your company. If, and one, one of the things that EOS actually brings out of the owner is what are your core values? And it, I feel it's important to have somebody that embodies or at least attempts to embody the core values of your, of your company. You don't want somebody around that's not honest. You know, you don't want somebody around that, that doesn't have a lot of energy or can't work well as a, with a team. So whatever your core values are, I just gave you three of ours. Yeah. <laughs> whatever your core values of your company are, you want to compare those to essentially everybody in your business, but, but for sure somebody that you're going to begin to open up to and, and share, you know, business information with. Cool. Well, look, I thank you so much for coming on and we've been talking about doing this for a while. I'm glad that we were able to do it. Thank you again. I appreciate you and to everybody listening, hope this was of value to you. I think it's always interesting to get outside perspectives on the entrepreneur themselves because we are we are interesting creatures. And a lot of the time we are our own worst enemy and we stand in our own way. And one of the nice things about having a Brad in your corner is that you get to do what you're really good at and get to partner with someone who is really good at what they do. And ultimately, I think what happens is you just, you create a much happier life for yourself because not only are you more fulfilled, but the people on your team, the people you spend the most time with at the office, they're also fulfilled. And I, I think that that's, that's, uh, that's really important for us. 
So again, my friend, you're the best. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. And until next time, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group, and this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a different way? Did it spark an idea or ideas that you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. If it did, I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you leave a five-star review of the podcast? By doing so, you'll help other contractors find the podcast more easily so that we can help them achieve more success, wealth, and freedom. And before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. In fact, if you haven't already, make sure you go to thewealthycontractor.com and get your free copy of my latest book, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor. Just pay shipping and handling and I'll take care of the cost of the book. And finally, a big thanks to G4 Marketing for sponsoring the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. For over 12 years now, G4 Marketing has been the secret back office relationship marketing team for hundreds of home improvement and home service businesses just like yours. You get the customer, and our proven system turns that customer into five-star reviews and profitable repeat and referral business. If your home improvement or home services company completes at least 10 jobs per month, they have a solution that will work for you. To find out more, sign up for your free, no-obligation, 10-minute discovery call at www.g4marketing.com forward slash strategy. That's G. F-O-U-R marketing.com slash strategy. Set your discovery call up today and they'll help you set your business up for long-term profits and success. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskadalsian.